Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Continuing our NFL previews in the NFC South this week, we pop on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by Ross Jackson to talk all things New Orleans Saints from SaintsNewsSI.com. Ross, appreciate the time on the program. How are you doing today? Hey, Caleb, thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great. Uh, we got to practice inside today here in New Orleans, so that was a very nice uh, very nice and rejuvenating effort for me. <laughs> Love to hear it. Uh, maybe avoid some of that humidity that New Orleans is known for, right? Yeah, we're doing our best. We're doing our best for sure. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, let's talk about one of the big adjustments here for the New Orleans Saints, and that's welcoming a new quarterback, Derek Carr. How has he been assimilating? How's he looking in camp? And and also, what's that relationship there like with Jameis Winston, who's now backing him up? Yeah, um, you know, look, I, I think Derek Carr has looked really good since he's been here in New Orleans. There's a cleanliness to this offense that's a little bit different than what we've seen in the past couple of years. Uh, with the you know five or six different quarterbacks that they've had since Drew Brees retired, and so I think that you can appreciate that you know their ability to get in and out of the huddle and all that, but also just sort of the the work is is different. You know, uh, Derek Carr's kind of guy to where if he and you know Michael Thomas or he and Chris Olave, one of the top wide receivers, miss on a route, they're sticking around after practice to work on that route over and over and over again, just one on one to make sure that they're getting sort of their uh, mechanisms correct and everything. And so I, I very much appreciate sort of that additional work that's in there. Um, Derek is also fantastic as a pre-snap quarterback. I've asked the defensive players several times, including his former teammate, now again teammate, safety Jonathan Abram today, about what it is that Derek Hart does to make things complicated on the defense. And he mentioned diagnosing a defense pre-snap and changing plays to get the best look possible against defenses. And we're seeing that quite often from Derek Carr, not something that we've seen really since the days of Drew Brees here in New Orleans. The relationship between he and Jameis is uh, super strong. Jameis, you know, came back to New Orleans with the express intent of backing up Derek Carr and wanting to be here to be a part of what the New Orleans Saints, you know, had going. Took a pay cut to do it and sticking around in New Orleans. And so uh, you know, he has kind of expressed his intent of doing everything he can to help QB1, as he likes to call Derek Carr. And I think that the, the two have shown that over and over again on the field as well. Ross Jackson, Saints News, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, Alvin Kamara, we know he's going to miss three games this season from a suspension. The rest of the running back room, Jamal Williams, and also the team drafted running back Kendra Miller. So how has this room been utilized so far in camp? And, and you know, what are the expectations without Kamara there for at least three games? Yeah, you're still seeing Alvin Kamara get a lot of that, a lot of work throughout practice and everything. They want to make sure that they're working with him and getting him ready. He can participate in the preseason. He can still participate in practices here before the season begins. So they want to make sure that they get that time in with him before they have to wait to reactivate him until after week three. Uh, but, you know, look, Jamal Williams is down about 15 pounds. He started off hovering around 230. He's now playing around 217 or so, kind of has slimmed down his frame a bit to get him ready for a more versatile role. Something to be a little bit more similar to maybe you know his work with Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay as opposed to what he you know was as kind of a short yardage back in Detroit. Kendra Miller has been being used a lot in the passing game. They're just trying to kind of get him kind of set up for more of the nuances and subtleness that yet you need as a route runner out of the backfield. But once he's got that down, then you know the Saints are very happy with where that running back room is. They were a little bit happier with it with somebody that I know y'all are very familiar with, and you know Benjamin. Of the room, but unfortunately, 
uh, you know, had an injury that, that ended his season before he has the chance to begin. So expect the Saints to get some early looks at a couple of guys uh, in the preseason to see maybe who's the third running back on the roster when Alvin Clare is not counting against the roster spot for the first three games. You had mentioned Derek Carr working with the receivers, so let's touch on Chris Olave here. 72 catches, 1,042 yards last year in his rookie season. Uh, you know, a lot of times there are major expectations for guys like him to make a huge leap in year two, plus having a Derek Carr throwing him the football, a little bit more competent quarterback play here. So what can you say about Chris Olave and maybe even the expectations that he has set for himself this season? Um buckle in, um, go all in, buy, you know, any anything positive that I could say about Chris Olave and his stock, I will say, uh, because he's an entirely different player, it looks like, than he was last year, and maybe the best way possible. He's added some weight. He played last year around 187. He's going to be playing this year around 195, and he is really focused on his ability to play through contact, bring down some of those contested catches and things like that, and so he was in you know, about 20 or so, 24 of those situations last year only came down with about eight. I think Pro Football Focus has him with a 33% contested catch rate. But the reason why he was so effective no matter what last year is because these guys, these defenders don't get a lot of opportunity to contest because he creates, you know, two yards of separation with these routes that he runs. He's a precise route runner. He's all those things. Of course, he's got speed to back it all up, too. So uh, I'm buying in completely on Chris Olave. We saw him put on a show today in practice. Uh, in the indoor facility, and I can't wait to see the connection we've already seen growing between he and his new quarterback and Derek Carr get out there on the regular season. He's got the benefit of scheme and 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 you know um, uh, route combination, the the benefit of Michael Thomas taking away some attention and things like that. Um, you know, Chris Olave was the guy last year, and this year he gets to kind of be a part of a concert uh, of receivers and pass catchers, and I think that's going to bode really well for his game here in 2023. Well, let's talk about that. Michael Thomas, what's the status of him? It's obviously been a really frustrating last couple of years for him injury-wise. So uh, with him back, how does that change the offense when he's available and healthy? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal for the the offense. I just mentioned Chris Olave only coming down with 33% of his contested catches last year. Michael Thomas, in the three games that he appeared in, brought in 8 of 10. So he was an 80% guy. Uh, there. That's a big deal for them. The Saints were also very, very lackluster in the red zone and on third down situations last year. Michael Thomas helps you a ton in both of those situations. And I think one of the ways that it kind of changes the offense is in particular when it comes to the situational football, you now have options. Taysom Hill can be used in those third down red zone short yarded situations. Jamal Williams obviously has that in him. Alvin Kamara has that in him. Uh, Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, the two tight ends, they have that in them. And then, of course, now you've got Michael Thomas. And so I just think that the, the, the plethora of weapons that they will have that will be able to serve them in the areas where they struggled last year makes a big difference for them going into 2023. And Michael Thomas is a big part of that. Ross Jackson, Saint New- Saints News, SI.com right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. So we've been spending a lot of time talking about uh, the offense and healthy players, new players. But when it comes to the offensive coordinator, it's Pete Carmichael. How much pressure is he under now with Carr at the helm getting this offense to produce points? And you kind of touched on a little bit the lackluster ability in the red zone. So obviously punching it in for for six. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a big year for Pete Carmichael. I mean, it's his second year as the full-time play caller without there being something else that sets it up, a la 
you know, Sean Payton's ACL tear back in 2011, the, the suspension in 2012, all that. This is really his second year going in as a full-time play caller. He's one of the longest tenured offensive coordinators in the NFL, but if you can't call the plays to get the points on the board, that tenure might not last much longer. And so I think that there's a lot of pressure for him to be able to do that. And I think there's a lot of pressure all over this New Orleans Saints team, if I'm being honest. But I think that they welcome that. You know, this is a team that wants that pressure, that wants to be able to operate in that situation. And so this is an opportunity for them to kind of shift their they're thinking from what it has been in the recent past, which is kind of a prove them right mentality of how high people have been on this team, to now having kind of a prove them wrong mentality. And I think that that's a big piece. So I think that the, one of the things that's going to benefit Pete Carmichael quite a bit is that he's calling plays for a quarterback that is a similar style of the guy that he architected the New Orleans Saints offense with and Drew Brees. Not to say that Derek Carr is as good as Drew Brees or will ever be what Drew Brees was. Uh, but he's a lot closer to Drew Brees than guys like Andy Dalton and Jameis Woodson and Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon and Ian Book, right? So I think that that's one of the things that kind of settles Pete Carmichael in a little bit more from the execution side of it is that the offense that you've built and that you've installed over the course of the offseason ideally is the offense you're actually running for 17 games with the same quarterback, but also you're calling for a more familiar style of passer in Derek Carr than you have been over the course of the past couple of years after the departure of Drew Brees. You alluded to this a bit here about pressure, maybe pressure being all over this team. How about Dennis Allen? Uh, You know, it is his second stint as a head coach. Obviously, they had tons of uh, unhealthy players last year. Also, kind of interesting here that the defense got off to such a slow start and then toward the middle to back half of the year, we started to see the defense that we would come to expect. But from him making that leap as being and entrenching himself with the Saints as a solid coordinator to proving that, you know, he's the right guy to be at the helm for the Saints for for years to come. Yeah, and I think you know there's there's some of the kind of slow start on the defensive side, which is really kind of just a trademark of the New Orleans Saints. If we're being honest, like that's something that they've, we've seen kind of a year in a year out. Uh, but the other piece to it too is is just kind of the conservatism. I mean, choosing to kick field goals on a fourth and one on your you know on the opponent's thirty when you've got you know when you're within you know, single digits or, or something like that, you know, like those opportunities where you could keep your offense on the field or maybe even extend the lead and things. Uh, those are some situations too, that I think you look at and you go, okay, well, there's a place where you can improve. And so I think that with having the confidence in the quarterback that they have in Derek Carr, Derek Carr will probably put up a fight to come off the field, which I think would be, which I think would serve them well. And I think would help in those situations too. So again, I think the familiarity and kind of where they are this year kind of alleviates the nervousness, but the pressure is still very much there. Uh, look, Derek, Dennis Allen's not going to be a guy that's going to get fired during the season if this team is struggling. They'll see it through with him here through 2023 and give him the opportunity to continue to prove that he deserves to be the head coach, which is an opportunity that he absolutely deserves. Um, and so I think that he is under some pressure, just like the rest of the team is. But I think it's the, the same type of pressure that you see from any coach in any situation across the NFL, outside of maybe Bill Belichick uh, at all. And so I think that that's kind of where Dennis Allen is. But it's clear that everybody is comfortable. This is a, a, a very different Dennis Allen this year than we saw last year. Uh, and, and I think the team is all the better for it. Ross Jackson, Saints News, SI.com right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Let's flip this here to the defensive side of the ball. Cam Jordan, he signed his contract extension, keeping him with the Saints in all likelihood, uh, allowing him to retire as a New Orleans Saints. He's the name pick that everyone knows. How about the rest of that line and pass rushing crew for the Saints? Yeah, if you're sticking on the edge, I think a couple of guys' names to know are going to be Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner. Uh, Those are the two guys that I think are – you know, the ones that have 
you know, the the best outlook so far throughout camp. They've both been outstanding. We watched both of them make plays again today. Peyton Turner's a former first-round pick back from the 2021 draft. And so you really want to see him get to the point where he's, you know, turning the corner, if you will. And so uh, I think you're getting closer to seeing that here over the course of this offseason. Certainly the most um, kind of positive outlook that he's had in, in, in at least the past couple of years where he's been dealing with injury and all these other things. Uh, Carl Granderson continues to develop. He's turned into a stout run stopper in addition to his work as a, as a pass rusher. He showed up here very much underweight for an NFL pass rusher, 250, 230 pounds. He's bulked up to 282 and has maintained his athleticism, which I think is a huge, uh, well, testament to his work, but also it's, it's big for what the New Orleans Saints want to do over there uh, on the edge. They, they went ahead and reinvested in the second round of this year's draft. with Isaiah Bosky, who's a big, lengthy, toolsy guy that's you know coming along. I think he's still got a ways to go, but he's coming along, and there's no rush to get him anywhere, uh, especially with guys like Granderson and Turner ahead of him. Uh, and those are kind of the main ones. Tono Passanio is another guy that's a veteran that can contribute both outside and in, so you like his versatility as well. In the secondary, Cardinals fans familiar with Tyron Matthew at safety, of course, Marshawn Lattimore at corner. Uh, so can this secondary get better, uh, and especially at the start of the season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is a secondary that the intended starting five last year didn't take a single snap together in 2023 or 2022 and still finished as a top-two pass defense unit. But we saw the defensive, you know, uh, the, the rating when it came to the run-stopping drop down to uh, 24. And I think the safeties have a lot to, uh, you know, can contribute to improving that. And I think getting both those guys, Tyron Matthew as well as Marcus May, out on the field together, I think will happen, you know, will, will absolutely help with that. Um, but, you know, you're looking at these guys in training camp right now and you're seeing, you know, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew a lot more comfortable at this point this year than they were learning the new system last year, which makes sense. Marshawn Lattimore looks absolutely outstanding. He's probably the MVP of camp so far. That's your starting top corner. And then you've got a battle going on for the cornerback spot opposite them that I think Paul Snedebo is pretty well in the lead on. But it's good to have that level of competition and that amount of competition all over uh, that defensive secondary, which has the ability to really improve here in 2023, even though they didn't necessarily struggle in 2022. With the NFC South being so up in the air, is this Saints uh, team, is it their division to lose this season? I mean, I think probably from a standpoint, uh, roster on down, they have the most talent and the most depth. So it's just about putting it all together. Is it their division to lose this season? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, understandable to look at it that way for sure um, when you consider the quarterback situation you know Tampa who knows what's going on with that quarterback situation over there Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask it's kind of like picking between two different flavors of ramen noodles like where are you really going here and then you have you know some younger guys in Desmond Ritter as well as uh, uh, Bryce Young who was just drafted with the first overall pick this year in Carolina so, you know, they you got to kind of wait and see if those guys are going to be able to turn the corner a little bit earlier in their careers than maybe you would have expected them to be asked to do so. And so I think it makes sense to consider New Orleans a favorite, but I certainly wouldn't count out teams like Atlanta and Carolina who do have a ton of talent. And if they just get one thing right, which is that quarterback spot, then things go really, real, really, really well for them really, really quickly. So while I think the, the preseason look um, is probably in favor of the New Orleans Saints, I, I don't think that, yeah that you rest your laurels on it until you, the season's over and done with. Well, Ross, before we let you go, going to have to put you on the spot here. Over under nine and a half wins for this Saints team this season. Yeah, I think everything that we've seen from them in terms of what they've done in practice, the way that they've, the way that they've bonded together, and of course the offseason moves that they've made, this team should be a 10-win team. 
if they're not a 10-win team, then it's it's probably going to be something similar to what we saw last year, which was a lot of self-inflicted wounds. So they have to be able to get out of their own way in that case. So I would take the over for them right now. But uh, if, if they don't get that, then it, it, it's on them. It's not a situation where they're going to be beaten by opponents. It's a situation where they beat themselves. Ross, this has been fantastic. Really appreciate you taking some time with us, and we look forward to catching up with you as the season rolls on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the invite. Y'all take care, stay safe, and I look forward to talking to you again here soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Once again, he is Ross Jackson there, Saints News. Follow his work over at SI.com.